Hey y'all, it's Aubrey Elise, and you're listening to Coffee, Tea, and Everything Between, where we talk about everything, ranging from politics to relationships. And this is season one, episode four, titled, Are You Still Watching? All right, guys, so as I said before, this episode is called Are You Still Watching? And in light of this episode, I had to bring a very special guest and a friend named Jalen Level. So if you are in Louisville, Kentucky, or a student at Tennessee State University, or if you're even paying attention to anything now and young people really just hitting the activism world, you know Jalen Level. So like I said, he's a student at Tennessee State University, born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky, and he is a student activist. So without further ado, welcome Jalen. Hey, Arby, thanks for having me on the show. So excited. Yeah, no problem. All right, guys, so this is when I come in and tell you that actually I didn't get to go to a coffee shop this time, but... I have coffee at home, so I get my ice cubes out of the freezer. I have my cold brew. I'm not going to tell you the brand because I'm so sorry. I just had to do it, but I got my cold brew. You can get this from Kroger, and I pour about mm, three-fourths of it. Then I get my International Delight um, Sweet Cream Creamer, and I do the rest up to the brim. And there you have it. You have cold root coffee at home. So just because I couldn't go to the regular place doesn't mean I'm not drinking coffee while doing this episode. So make sure you go get your Kroger cold brew and you won't regret it. Okay, guys, so I did say that Jalen is a student activist, so I'm just going to let him, you know, kind of just brag on himself and everything he's been doing this summer. So like Jalen, just tell the people what you've been doing. Yeah, um, again, thanks for having me on the show, Aubrey. I think what you have going on is so dope. But um, as far as what I've been doing for the last four months, I've been on the front lines really demanding racial reform in my city on the local and state level and, of course, on the national level, um, trying to abolish and dismantle a system and uh, institutionalized system within our country that is focused on systemic racism. Uh, so... That's through protests, that's through petitions, that's through uh, virtual conferencing, uh, conversations with the powers that be, stakeholders, um, everything possibly to inform community members um, of the dismantlization of systemic injustice that is occurring in our nation. Awesome, awesome. So um, I'm definitely going to get more into this, guys, like because there's so much we can talk about. Um, and the first thing I want to talk about is just like, Jalen, can you please tell the people how old you are? Yeah, so I'm 20, 20 years 20 old. years old. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, and it's kind of interesting, guys, because, um, you know, before all of this happened, I think there was a conversation happening where they're like, you know, where are the young people? You know, because, you know, we always go back to the civil rights um, time, the 60s, the sit-ins. Um, you know, the Freedom Riders and what a lot of people don't understand. Well, maybe they do understand. That's why the conversation was coming up is those people were our age. You know, they were 20. They were high schoolers, um, you know, in Birmingham, where it was uh, 
you know, Bull, Connor, whatever. And they had, you know, hose the kids. Um, you know, I read a book about that and it was actually, they actually had let out school for high schoolers so they can go participate. So when we're seeing movements and stuff like this and the super historical ones, those are young faces that we have seen so many times um, on the front lines of those uh, movements. And so there was a conversation happening, literally a conversation happening about where are the young people, the old people can't do it anymore. Um, and so Jalen is literally showing us that it can be young people. And do you feel like, um, how do you feel like being so young doing it? Like, do you feel like it made you maybe more bold, um, more like fearless? Like, how do you feel? Because, um, well, I'll let you answer that first, but I was gonna talk about how, I remember that was one of my interview questions about, well, you're so young. So how do you feel when people ask you that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's a matter of understanding the power that I possess as a young person. Um, you know, like you mentioned, you hit the nail on the head. We, we go back to the civil rights era and we look at that history. A lot of the movement during the day was young people because mm -hmm. their parents were at work. So right. it was young people out protesting. It was young people doing the sit-ins in Nashville and across the country, right? So it should be almost expected for us to be able to, as young people, be able to go. Funny story, I remember like the first day of the protest, we were walking, I think we walked like eight blocks um, down mm. the street, Broadway in Louisville. I feel like every city has a Broadway. <laughs> but um, Broadway in Louisville, and I was just my friend, and I was like, man, we've walked like eight blocks, I'm tired. He's like, you're tired, man, they march from Selma to Montgomery, so good. you're tired. I'm so um, glad you so said that. From that moment right there, that's when I was like, I understand the power that I have as a young person. Absolutely. And, and I have to continue to fight, so. Absolutely. Okay, so I definitely want to stop at where you just said, um, you know, it was eight blocks and you're like, man, we're tired. Um, so I don't know, well, you guys might not know, but Tennessee State University always has an MLK Day of Service um, where all the universities in the Nashville area come and we all basically do community service for the day, just honoring uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, and so I remember when I was interviewing our special guest, um, he had mentioned, by the way, super, 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 super monumental um, person in the uh, civil rights era, um, and he's from Nashville. So I remember when I was interviewing him, he had said something about they had just bombed somebody's house, um, and so somebody ran to Tennessee State University, and they had told them over the intercom, we're marching. And so uh, he had just basically told everybody in the gym to be quiet for just five minutes. And I remember that story because he said they had marched all the way to the Capitol, where if you're familiar with Nashville, the Capitol from Tennessee State University isn't that far, but to walk it, I mean, I can only imagine. And he said that uh, when they were marching, they had one rule, don't say a word. And that's how intentional they were about the movement and about letting their footsteps be heard because that's how tired and passionate and dedicated they were. They walked all the way from Tennessee State University to the Capitol without saying a word. And I just thought about how you were like, you walked those eight blocks and you were like, dang, that was hard. And I was thinking about how I couldn't even stay off my phone, let alone not talk to the person beside me. But yet they did it. I'm not going to say it was easy, but I think they were so driven. Like, what do you think we are missing in this generation for us to be just as driven for it not to be just a 
moment thing, not just a hot topic, just a week or just a month, you know, when everybody's posting their black squares, like, what does it take for us to be just as dedicated? Yeah, I think for us, it's, it's a matter of understanding the system that we're trying to dismantle, right? I mean, we can say Breonna Taylor's name. We say arrest the cops, convict the cops. But if that's all we want, if that doesn't happen, then what? It's a matter of like, oh, so they didn't arrest the cops. Now the movement is over. Mm-hmm. No, the movement isn't over. It continues that it just lights fire to it. Um, right. May Breonna Taylor rest dearly, but this issue is bigger than Breonna Taylor. Right. Um, injustice existed when she was alive. It exists when she's gone. And now we're trying to get justice for her. So I think it's a matter of us understanding this is a system that we're trying to dismantle. You can't just post a black box, a black box on Instagram and say, oh, I've done my part. Right. It's way more. And then furthermore, it's, it's something that a buzzword, performative activism. Um, we have to be real about the movement. We can't just go to protest because it looks fun or because we were all on house arrest for five months and this is something fun to do. Like, we have to understand this is a system and it has to be dismantled. So I think that's how young people um, our age and within our generation can get on board. Yeah, so um, what, what other ways can we get on board? So, you know, somebody might not be an organizer. So they might not be the person organizing protests and somebody not might not be the activist on the front lines. But what are the ways can um, people get involved? Because maybe they are put off because they feel like they can't, even though I do want to say everybody has a little activism in them. It just might come out in a different way. You might use your art in a different way. So what other ways can young people, because once again, this is our fight. What can we do, you know, to really cause change? Yeah, I think it's a matter of, A, starting with conversations, right? Talk to other young people. Reach back to kids younger than you. Everyone doesn't, and I I totally understand, everyone isn't willing to be arrested. Everyone doesn't want to be in front of a police officer's face. I mean, that's fearful. Every time you go out, you're fearing your life, but everyone has to do something. So whether it's it's writing about the movement, um, it's donating to the movement, it's following someone, it's reading about the movement, enlighten yourself, inform, understand why this is happening. Um, Like, there's there's just be a visionary. Um, Create a business to help black people. uh, Start a black business. Like, it's it's several things that we can do to help perpetuate this movement toward justice um, beyond protesting. Uh, Vote. Get registered to vote. It's important to have social political um, development. We have to engage with our um, political offices. Do you know who's in your state legislator? Um, it's funny because here in Kentucky, there's one black woman in the state legislator. Only wow. one. In I the didn't entire know that. State. And several people don't know who she is, right? Mm. So in, enlightening yourself on that type of things. Run for office. It's, it's several things that you can do. Yeah, and I do want to add city council. They are selected by your local um, elections, guys, and they make a lot of the rules that your city applies by you wonder why your city does certain things city council is super 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 powerful so i just want to put that pub in there y'all know i always talk about state and local um, elections because they're so important so make sure you're doing just that okay guys so now we're just going to go a little bit in detail about um our various experiences with protests um so i'll start so 
a lot of my followers know, but I organized a protest in Huntsville, Alabama. Um, Huntsville definitely was not one of those cities you saw popping up on CNN because life was going on as normal. And it literally made me so angry because I'm like, how are we still acting like everything's normal? Like, it's a revolution. It's happening, you know? It's kind of like you're like sitting back and you're not a part of it. And I used to always say, I'm like, if I lived in that time, I would have been on the front lines. Well, here it is, is the time, you know? And I'm sitting at home, you know? And I'm like, heck no. I've been talking all this big talk when I'm listening to history and I'm like, history's happening. And I don't have a say in it, no. So I literally remember I was just calling friends and I'm like, we're doing a protest. Like we gotta do a protest, we're doing a protest. (laughs) And I got so many no's, are you sure? Uh, I don't know what it is. And it was kind of scary because it was like, here we are. We're like, as black folks, we should be ready to go. Like, it's our time. And those are the very people that were too scared to step out of there. So granted, my protest wasn't super big, but it was still super, um, like it had a huge impact because that wasn't happening in Huntsville. So I got a couple of friends who went to a super public square where cars, uh, you know, just drive around. We had a couple of signs. Whole point was to be peaceful because, you know, I just didn't want any tensions to flare where it didn't need to. I wanted y'all to, um, also, let me say, it was quiet. It was supposed to be a silent protest because the only thing you need to be hearing is the words on our signs because I wanted the words to speak volumes. And that's just kind of how I did mine. I definitely looked up, you know, violations, regulations. Do I need a permit? I definitely did my research because I didn't want to be arrested, but if I had to be arrested, I was going to get arrested. Um, But I did that. The news showed up. Cool, cool, cool. Um, But yeah, I literally remember when I was organizing one. One, my mom always thinks I'm super outspoken. Um, She'll say, she literally told me before I went out there, if the news happens to show up, make sure you don't sound like an angry black woman. And that's a whole nother conversation because I feel like I have this conversation with Braxton Simpson all the time. But it's just like our passion gets mistaken for anger, you know? But anyways, I had my own family saying, are you sure you're going to do this? I had some friends that I thought was really close to said, are you sure you're going to do this? And I was like, I don't care if I'm out here by myself. Like, I'm doing this. So that was my personal experience. I had a brother who literally drove, took a road trip to Minneapolis. Um, what other places? Like Detroit, everywhere. Um, and I'll kind of tell you about his experience compared to mine a little later, but Jalen, you've been a part of so many protests. Like, if you could sum it up, or not even sum it up, but like one that stuck out to you, like what would it be? Yeah, well first I gotta uplift what you did. I think that's that's super dope and you, you know, I think it's great that you focused on the purpose. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes we can get so caught up in the people and how many numbers that we have. So we good. forget about our purpose of being there. So right. always remember purpose, not people. But I think that's, that's super dope. And you out there mobilizing, organizing, galvanizing. <laughs> so big shout out to you. Thanks. Um, in Huntsville. But yeah, the protests, so many that have taken place in Louisville still um, taking place now. Like next week is a, a really big action um, that's gonna go on here in Louisville regarding the Breonna Taylor case. But I would say one of my most memorable ones was 
probably our second day. This was maybe around June 1st. Our second day going out there. I mean, I actually have the video on my Instagram. You know, I'm, I'm at this point, you know, I've been to protests. You know, I get it, but it's nothing like this, right? You see the police in riot gear. We're mm-hmm. like, why are you in riot gear? We're not rioting. So right. why is that needed? Um, so out of nowhere, they just come toward us and they're like it's unlawful to protest now i i know political science very <laughs> no i know my law right so please tell me how is it unlawful to right. protest when it's a constitutional right absolutely uh, so they said it's unlawful to protest on the street it's unlawful to protest on the sidewalk it's unlawful to be in that proximity right mm-hmm. so i'm with my friend and i'm like man i'm my major's journalism like pull i gave him my phone really quick and like record this like this is history like they're violating our rights mm-hmm. um, so right there in that moment i'm like pull out the camera let's record this and from there i'm like i'm gonna document everything because just like the civil rights moment was documented in the 60s absolutely and, and for people to learn right now the blm movement and the uprising 2020 needs to be documented just as yeah far. um so i would say that was my most memorable one and what really um kicked it off for me. yeah and so what's your what's your uh like tv channel show called yeah your so media my, show yeah media so my, i have a radio show radio it's show next level uh, radio next level so. radio so you feel like that was like the start of it right then you were like oh yeah, no was- like yeah yeah, funny thing. So the, another protest in Frankfurt, which is the capital of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, some people from Ebony Magazine had saw that I had been doing my own thing, freelance stuff. They reached out and was like, "Hey, can you cover our Facebook page?" Wow! So that was a great experience, just interning and working with them. Um, then they reached out with um, WXOX. It's a uh, radio station here. They're like, hey, we see what you're doing. You should have a radio show to talk about everything. Crazy. So just like God started opening so many doors through this season. And it's, yeah. I'm so grateful because with this time of uncertainty and unprecedented times, it's like, what is your next level going to be? And it's right. like, I don't know, God's really just opening a new door every day and i feel like i'm tapping into my purpose and passion so good Um, yeah certainly grateful for that that's so good i feel like like in the midst of the storm in the midst of chaos in the midst of unknown that's when you know not to get super religious but that's when god shows us our purpose and that's when you really learn what your art is and so i think you know how we already said everybody plays a part Clearly, you know, Jalen is a student activist and he's going to be on the front lines. But regardless, he realized, you know what, I'm mass calm. I'm really good with, you know, recording and TV and stuff. I'm going to document this and this is my part. So, you know, I think we all play a part um, into this movement and you really just need to tap into your craft and whatever your art is and you're still playing your part. I used to always say like, this is when I was really big and like um, reading about like John Lewis and everything. I'm like, I'm going to be in the history books, you know? And so I just feel like if we all just took that energy and said, you know, I'm going to be in the history books, we will really honestly reach the potential that we need to really push this movement forward because everybody's way more dedicated. Everybody sees the purpose behind it and they want to truly see change, you know? But, you know, Jalen's definitely going to be in the history books. Um, definitely make sure y'all keep an eye out for him. All right, guys. So as much as I just want to like 
keep talking to Jalen because clearly he's amazing. I'm going to close it out. But before I close it out, I want to ask Jalen two questions. So the first one is like, where do you see yourself in the future? I definitely think this is a turning uh, point, a very pivotal moment in your life. And I think it will definitely have an effect on your future. So where do you see yourself in the future? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm having fun. Arby. This is so dope. Um, but myself in the future, such a great question. Well, short term, graduating from TSU in May. Yes. Excited about that. Um, but I think beyond that, really just working in the media and journalism industry. Mm-hmm. Um, my goal is to foster positive racial identity within black media because when you think of so media, good. that's how we get our news, that's how we're informed. Right. Um, so within this movement, I want to continue to disseminate that positive racial identity. Um, in a, a black network that is for black people ran by black people and, and showcases positive things about black people. So, so that needed. is the long term goal. But until I get there and I can afford and have the funds to do that, I'm definitely um, working for a network to build my resume in the media and journalism industry. Yeah, well, you know, like you've already said, people reaching out. I definitely don't see you have any problem with that. Um, but, um, I actually have a third question, but the second question is what like advice do you have for people um, for us to just really push this movement forward where it won't fade out? Because I feel like in certain areas, it's starting to fade out and it's still very much alive. So how do we keep it alive everywhere? Yeah, I think so. There's a group at TSU, they're planning this event or whatever called Movement Not Moment. Mm. Uh, and I think that's something for us to understand. This is a movement. Um, and as Nipsey Hussle, may he rests in peace, he always says it's a marathon. Within a marathon, it's long. You right. know, they protest for sometimes 364 days, 300, however many days the Montgomery yeah. bus boycott. So good. It's almost the entire year. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes we think we get on the train and we get so caught up in performative activism and things, but we have to always remember the purpose. We have to understand the systems that we're dismantling. We have to think about the future. Um, I always often say, where are we going to be in 50 years? Yeah. Um, are our grandkids going to have to do this fight? Mm-hmm. And I think with our generation, we have to continue to ask ourselves that. Where are we in 50 years? Because four months isn't going to equate where 400 years of right. just like it's, it's gonna take work it's gonna take us continuing to have that fire behind us continuing to have conversations like this and have a care about it yeah so. so good oh he's amazing guys and last question um so do you see yourself staying in the Nashville area after you graduate or do you see yourself going back to Louisville like you feel like you owe it to them because you've been putting in so much work there yeah um, I love Louisville. It's definitely in my hometown. Um, Nashville is cool too. It's going, but ultimately, if I was to, you know, put my hand on the map and say, close my eyes, put my hand on the map, say I'm going right here and living, it would probably be Washington D.C. Just because then politics, love yes. politics, love journalism. Um, don't so much love the person that's living in D.C. right now, <laughs> but <laughs> but definitely love the energy of D.C. and the yeah. food. I know you love coffee shops. Yeah, y'all. <laughs> okay, Jalen has to go to D.C. because then <laughs> I will have somebody in D.C. with me. Like, it's a lot of people trying to go to D.C. D.C. might have a little makeover, you know, some real yes. game changers. Yes. 
But, okay, thank you so much, Jalen. Like, thank you for talking to us. This has been so amazing. Thank you for having me on. It's great. And Art, we continue doing the great things that you're doing. I always say, um, um, I love watching you evolve just from your freshman year. And I know it's, it's this is only just a sample of what we're going to see from you. So continue working. I'm super proud of you all. Thank you.